We are nearing the end of the fruit of the Spirit. We just have this week, and then next week will be self-control. Favorite topic for some of us. And then Pastor Jonathan will start going through James, and he and I will tag team James. I'll be gone two weeks in a row. So I hope you miss me. Gentleness. I mentioned before the Agape Land music machine record that they've rebooted, but you can go back to the old ones. And all the songs, you know, these kids come up with this magical creation, and it spits out Fruit of the Spirit songs. Gentleness was the one I skipped. I could not stand this one. I think it's awful. It's just what you would think. It's appropriate, but it's gentle breeze flowing through the trees. My 10-year-old, 12-year-old self could have cared less about that song. Get on to more exciting things. And I think sometimes that's what we think about this. Now, if you're in the women's book club, you're reading Gentle and Lowly, so maybe you, you know a lot about this. You understand that there's a strength to gentleness. I haven't read the book yet, I'm sorry to say. Uh, so maybe you know way more about this than I do. I'm happy to learn when we talk about it. But there are some, when you take a spiritual gifts test or a personality test, or um, you think about these, fruit of the Spirit, there are some that you just don't want. Right? You're like, oh, please, I don't want a spiritual gift of generosity. Ah, I don't want to be poor my whole life. Although you do realize that God gives generous people things to give away. And this is one of the ones, I remember Julie, we had to take some diagnostic tests to, to plant a church, and she, when she got her results back, she got one that she really, she was just weeping and crying, I don't want to be this way. It's like, it's okay, it's all right. I don't know what to do about that. Uh, and so gentleness is one of the ones where like, mm, it just doesn't seem popular. We're not real fired up about gentleness. Think about that's not a quality that people are really looking for in the in the NFL draft. Oh, you're he's top ten gentle. You just think about in Galatians where we get this text with Paul, the Greeks and the Romans, and then you have you know the Huns, and the, the Norsemen. And here we have male Americans are not killing it in gentleness by any stretch. We value or we seem like we value way more domination, strength, being brash, be aggressive, be aggressive. There's no be gentle cheer. It can seem like a lost cause when we're, we're understanding that gentleness is calmness, being aware of others and yourself, kind, tender, soothing, considerate. And in our society, we talk about love and tolerance and diversity and community, but there is so much violence, shaming, 
bullying, silencing, canceling. Because after all, our kingdom is one of power, fear, money, influence, seduction, merit, winning. And in God's kingdom, he says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. It's amazing. He doesn't say the violent or the bold will inherit the earth or the competent, the meek. And that requires humility, self-control, and compassion. And the, the, really the big thing that I want to press in today mostly is not be gentle. This is a fruit of the Spirit. So this comes out of the work of God. It, it's supernatural. But I want you to really get how important this is. Because in Isaiah 40, we read all about the greatness of God. It's this beautiful chapter about how amazing God is. Like in verse 22, it is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. He's like a tempest. Who then will you compare me that I should be like him? God is talking about how great and awesome and powerful he is over everything. We are like little grasshoppers. But over here, in the same chapter, in verse 11, also, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are without young. The one who holds the waters in his hands, who marks the heaven with, with a span, gently leads. Shepherds. Tens. This helps us understand that, that strength and gentleness go together. There is a power in gentleness. Sort of like the, I don't see them as much, but there, maybe 10 years ago there was a big push in reality television like these, the horse whisperer, remember the horse whisperer, or the, the cat whisperer? And, and the cat whisperer comes in and doesn't like discipline the cats. It's there's this whole strategy of, of wooing and helping and being firm. But you, know, you called that person. That person was strong in gentleness. The fixer. Sort of like that. Okay, another good example. When you, when you just throw out gentleness out there, you're going to get moms. Good job, moms. Dads come up a lot less. Uh, and nurses. Now, if you're a mom nurse, you're double. But think of a nurse, fixes, it does stuff, but comes in calmly, listening, talking, and helping. There's this wonderful video, I'll put it on the Wednesday email. Um, there's a young girl, a black girl, four years old maybe, and she's getting her hair done by a maybe like 30-ish year old woman. 
and, and right at the beginning in the video, I don't really know why they're filming it, the girl says, I'm ugly. And the woman calmly freaks out. And she says, little girl, no. That is not true. You are beautiful. Your skin is beautiful. Your eyes are beautiful. You have two dimples. It's amazing. Show them to me. So she smiles, right? But she just breaks down at first. She, you know, holds her in her, like, looks at her strongly, gently, and says, you are a beautiful girl, and you're going to grow up to be a beautiful woman, and you're going to be able to do whatever you want to do. Listen to me. It's like the Laura Daigle song, You Are. I had it on my phone. My phone's in my front, the front of the chair, right there. Uh, you say I am strong when I feel weak. You, you say that you're holding me when everyone else has left me alone. So I'm going to listen to what you say about me. Speaking words powerfully to comfort others. Matthew, this is what Jesus says, remember? In Matthew, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Oh, I did that one from memory. Good job, because I haven't found it yet. That's such an important verse that Jesus is calling us to come so He can give us rest. He puts His yoke on us so we can learn from Him and follow Him and get rest. And, and we often, friends, are like the Pharisees who put yokes on people to more follow, to more understand, for more rules, more requirements, more demands, more harsh treatment. And, and we become so weary. And we think often in, this, in the church that God is like a, a taskmaster Pharaoh putting burdens on us. We learn that in, in our society with this meritocracy thing where we only get what we earn and we look down on others that haven't gotten where we are. And, and, you know, this isn't just out there, it's in here. Instead of rest, giving people rest, offering people rest, we're talking about guilt and shame and work and more work and redoubling work. You can see it in these you know, Facebook conversations the superiority, cynicism, that, that quick to be critical. It's right there in us to, to see the, the fault in whatever it is instead of praise the good. And here Jesus is inviting us to rest, to give us freedom. There's work to do, no doubt. But He's inviting us to Himself his way, and His work. Amen. That's good news. His perspective 
because we, we know in the Bible, in, in Proverbs, it says a gentle answer turns away wrath. You know what I think turns away wrath? More wrath. Bigger wrath. Or like a lie. That turns away wrath. I didn't do it. A gentle answer. But you've seen a gentle answer turn away wrath, haven't you? Someone comes in calmly, aware, speaks, and a whole crisis is averted or changed. So then our text in Galatians, let's just go through it. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression. Okay, brothers, brothers and sisters, this is the family of God. If anyone is, yeah, everyone's going to be. It's not a hypothetical. It's, it's more like when you see this, when this happens, in any transgression, any transgression, think about, you know, we have our list, right, of what we think is really bad and that we really don't want to do or, or maybe we used to do. I don't know that God has it quite the same. There are consequences that are worse for sure. But, but we value some of these transgressions but we're not sad about all of them but this one says any any transgression you you the church you who are spiritual should restore him or her in a spirit of gentleness so gently restore we're called to this to this ministry I would encourage you, church, to, to not be surprised by sin. We're sinners. So when you encounter sinners sinning, that shouldn't be a big shock. As you work with more people and get to know more people, you hear more and more stuff. Some of them are stuff that people don't think they're sins. Some of them are stuff that you are shocked But we are called to restoration. The goodness and graciousness of God restores us as we get forgiven and restored. In, in this text, right, Galatians 5 or Galatians 6, it comes right immediately after the whole through the Spirit. All that we have discussed almost until self-control. But remember, before that, in 5.19, he says now, we, we talked about this way, way earlier. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. And so, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, if anyone is caught in idolatry, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. If anyone is caught in sorcery, I don't even know, that would be terribly fantastic. I'd be super interested to know what that looks like. But if you're caught in sorcery, we are to restore you gently. If I'm caught in sorcery, you are to restore me. Envy, jealousy, fits of anger, whoa.
We are called to the restorative act gently. And I don't know, if you've gone through this, if you've had this happen to you, not as the restorer, as the restored person, think about how that went. Think about being restored non-gently. How that went. Think about when you encounter sin, are you gently, which involves power and strength, helping. And so, of course, we look to Jesus, who has offered us this in Galatians, or in Matthew 11, who has all power and all authority, who's the judge of the universe, who has the crown, who sits at the throne, who could snap his fingers and have anything happen, who sits, is crucified on the cross and says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This one, with all of that, absorbed all of the wrath. So you want to talk about restored gently, bearing the burdens? He bore all the burdens, all the guilt, all the shame, all the sin to restore us to the Father. He went down and waited three days to fulfill Scripture. And came back up. So number one, Jesus models it for us, but He gives it to us. Amen. He gives it to us. Not just models. And that means, remember, we've tried to talk about this every time, He took your lack of gentleness. That's one of them. Your lack of humility. And Jesus... God and man, a person, not only a person. Remember, he gets angry. He, he cries. He is in no way a passive person. I'm super pressing in that gentleness is not passionlessness or passivity. Jesus gently dealt with the woman at the well, patiently, strongly. Jesus gently dealt with the woman caught in adultery. Jesus gently dealt with Peter. Over and over again, you see the way His mercy and truth and justice and patience comes together. You know, I really think a lot of times we think or we treat each other like we're monster trucks you know like there's nothing you can do to hurt it all you got to do every once in a while is hose it off and sometimes we come to church like okay i'm hosing it off now i don't want to act like we're fragile flowers but it's more like china strong breakable strong breakable Or like a violin, perfectly tuned, exquisitely made, and breakable. There's this really cool thing they do in Japan when they want to make something really special. And they take China and they put it back together, but not with glue, but with gold. It's called kintsugi something like that. 
And that means the more broke it was, the stronger it is, and the more value it is, valuable it is, because it has more gold in it. I remember um, helping my friend Matt move, you know, July, Oklahoma City. Doesn't matter how early, it's going to be 105. That's the way it was, and, and not a lot of people came to help. And so when I got on the truck, I'm like, okay, I only have so much time. I need to help a lot, so I'm going. Like, we're doing this. I'm just covered in sweat, of course. And when, when I'm in that go mode, you know, when you're moving, it's like, you just move stuff, move it. Like, here we go. I'm putting it here. You're taking it in. Well, I'm just making it happen until you get to the dishes. Catherine, his wife, didn't mark everything fragile because she didn't think people like me were going to be doing what I was doing, getting it done, yo. So not every box is the same box. And we are not all the same people. Our brokenness is different from each other. We are not all about to break all the time, but we come with brokenness. There's some level of fragility to us. Patty Griffin has a song, Be careful with me, how you spend me, how you end me, how you bend me. Be careful. We have to remember to treat people gently. People with dignity and, and stories. And that there's restoration stories and rescue stories as we bear burdens with each other. We're all hurting. We're all tired. We're all tempted. We're all struggling. We're all sinning and redeemed and forgiven and restored. And so when you see that sin or you encounter it or you hear that crazy opinion online, at the family reunion, from your friends, we, we so quickly kick into self-righteousness and hypocrisy a lot because we care order, we care about order, and we want peace and perfection and to be right, but we're not omniscient. Um, I'm starting to get to where I've not remember if I've shared an illustration before. I've been here long enough, but then also what sort of messes me up is Sunday school, because in Sunday school, a lot of times, I'm just like ripping through all my whole stash in one big, huge, you know, just continuous story. So I don't know if I've told this before. Maybe I have. I don't know. But there's this Chick-fil-A training video, and it's not a commercial. And so they have their employees watch it. And in the video, what you see is the workers and then the people. And as this one person is carrying a tray, every person this person goes past has a little dialogue box that comes up. And it says something about them. And, you know, some of them are great. Just graduated from high school, going to college in a month, um, on first date. And then some of them are first time she's been out to eat since her husband died. They were married 40 years. Or son is away in the army. 
or about to walk home into X situation. It's it's sort of profound, and that's not just true in Chick-fil-A, is it? True here. As God gently, strongly deals with us because love is patient, kind, there's no record of wrong. Love, gentleness takes wisdom, just like all of the fruit. How do we wisely bear one another's burdens to restore them gently? How do we wisely take the sin on a, upon us together so that we can walk through not alone? How do we pray for this situation? How do I know when not to talk? It's another one. Little girl, maybe two. She's having a tantrum. I think she maybe squashed her finger. Legit. And the mom is trying to calm her down, and she's just unconsolable. And so the mom says, okay, repeat after me. I am brave. Little girl, I am brave. Although you can't quite, I mean, you know that's what she's saying. I am brave. I am brave. I am strong. I am strong. I am beautiful. I am beautiful. And they go through this and she sort of like starts to track and calms down. What is God saying to us? What's the you are for you today? Remember, John 3.16, for God so loved the world, you, that he gave his only son. So you can be redeemed and forgiven and brought into the family and treated, restored. Because we are feeble and He is strong. We, we are in bondage and He frees us. We blame and blame ourselves and He restores and He forgives in His gracious, gentle power. Look, in, in Psalm 18, we read this, Ruth read this, You have given me the shield of your salvation. And your right hand supported me, and your gentleness made me great. It really challenges the way we think, doesn't it? Um, when Jesus says, come to me, who, you who are weary. Anyone weary? Heavy laden? Sure. I mean, that's us, right? He says, Take my yoke. There are so many other yokes, aren't there? Some that have been put on us. Some put on us by our stage of life or the way God made us. Male or female. The colors of our skin. Our abilities that are valued or, or dismissed. The things that have happened to us, some which we like, some that we don't. These are burdens. They're, they're, they're laid on us. They are yokes. And God says, take His. Jesus says, take mine. Learn from me. Rest in me. I'm powerful and gentle. Powerfully gentle and willingly lowly. Amen. Amen. That's our Savior. Amen.